0: For years, the state has struggled to properly care for one of its most vulnerable groups, children with spina bifida, a condition that damages the spine. The government has promised to do better, but waiting lists have remained long. And now the situation has become even more grave. Here's Irish Times health editor, Paul Cullen.
1: This has been brewing for a while. Um, It concerns the work of a particular surgeon in Temple Street Children's Hospital, which is one of two sites where spinal surgeries are carried out on children. What has emerged is that the rate of complication was much higher than might have been expected from the international literature. And when I say complications, I mean that children had to go back for unplanned surgeries and often repeatedly. Uh, And in fact, of the 16 cases they looked at, one child unfortunately died after multiple procedures. Also, there was high levels of uh, cases where metal implants that had been put in had to be taken out again.
0: And shockingly, it now appears that some of those metal implants were not approved medical devices and were procured by an unusual method.
1: Which basically is off the internet.
0: This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, a major failure in how we care for our sickest children. So can we just talk a little bit about spina bifida care in Ireland? I suppose to understand this story, you know, we should look back over the past few years um, that a situation that's been a major problem for the health service and for the political system Uh, most importantly obviously for Irish children. Scoliosis surgery for children is the one surgery that's been in the headlines several times in recent years because of the long waiting list children have to endure. It's even been discussed in the Dáil but we know the spina bifida is a serious condition where the spine doesn't form correctly as the baby is developing in the womb and it's a condition that unfortunately and. I don't know do we know why. It's relatively common here in Ireland. We have one of the highest rates in the world. One in a thousand children here are born with spina bifida. Can you describe the sort of treatments these children tend to need?
1: Yeah, in fact, you know, as a, as a schoolchild myself, I can remember collecting for spina bifida charities. So it, it's a long running issue. Uh, as you said, the, the need for surgeries is high. The, the number of patients is relatively high by international standards. So these children suffer curvature of the spine. It's forward curvature known as a kyphosis. The, the way to correct that is to operate on, on the spine sometimes by, by fusing elements but also by inserting rods and they can be long rods that go right down to the pelvis or shorter ones. This is very complex surgery. It often requires correction or re- repetition as the child grows. Because Remember we're dealing with young children who are growing and whose spine is naturally growing and, and unfortunately not growing correctly. So, as you mentioned, the background to this is that if there is an Achilles heel in health, and there are many, I suppose, but one of them over the last decade or so has been the sight of children with deformed spines uh, pleading for operations. And that has embarrassed um, repeated governments and repeated governments have made promises to have more operations done and more children. Now that, those promises haven't been realised. Eight-year-old Brianna Feelin from Good Kilkenny has been waiting over three years for spina bifida surgery. Her
0: procedure. The children with spina bifida they do tend to have, as you say, complex medical needs, and because they're children, and because of the nature of the condition, it's really important that they be treated in a timely way that's that's the crux of a lot of this absolutely, isn't it
1: absolutely absolutely yeah um any time lost is is uh, very hard makes it much harder to correct
0: from time to time uh, an individual case has brought the problem to the fore and made us all understand it better i suppose like the case of adam terry what happened in his case
1: yeah cases like adams are are, are individual appalling situations that that really puncture the the general veneer of public indifference uh, and get through to people and force change.
0: Like, it's really sore and, like, sometimes I have to lie down and roll around for it to actually stop. Sometimes I actually have to, like crack my back to actually relieve the pain yeah we were told we were going to be done in the spring and then i was up in the hospital on a routine um examination with adam in february and the surgeon told us actually no you're going to be waiting another six to nine months we honestly couldn't believe it because adam was down to 18 kgs i just remind you adam is 10 years old At that point, his day-to-day quality of life was horrendous. And the hospital knew this. We just honestly couldn't believe that we were going to have to wait another six to nine months.
1: And he would be one of those young children who've had to wait too long, whose parents have seen his spine grow increasingly deformed, um, whose surgeries were scheduled and then had to be cancelled for various reasons. For example, winter flu epidemics, the pandemic, etc., Some of those are understandable, but they seem to happen so often. And there was a question about resources. So it seemed we're in a sort of a doomed in a repeat cycle about this um, because uh, although promises are made, they haven't been kept. Um, Although more surgeries are being carried out, the demand isn't grown and the waiting lists have remained high and even got larger.
0: Now, as you say, this is and has become several times a political issue. It's, it's been talked about in the Dáil. Uh Politicians are under a lot of pressure. And back in 2016, Simon Harris, who was at the time the Minister for Health, he promised that the waiting list for surgery would be reduced to four months. But that didn't happen. Why?
1: No, it didn't. Um, it's one thing to promise new staff. Um, it's another thing to deliver them and right across the health service we've experienced this uh, particularly uh, when recruiting consultants um, it takes years it's taken years and they're only now talking about how to fast track the recruitment of qualified new staff um, I've talked to m- members of staff who work in the orthopaedic area have been very frustrated first of all new staff members haven't come on stream as they had hoped um, then Operating theatres were just not available for various reasons. They were closed for reasons of infection or or, or need for other other uses. Um, Temple Street itself was supposed to get a fifth operating theatre. It's it's been repeatedly promised. It's now promised to open this month. Um, We'll see.
0: We've got to do everything we can for these children
1: and for their parents. To be fair to the current minister, Stephen Donnelly, he allocated 19 million to this and there was an increase in surgeries. As well as that, there'll
0: be money there and facilities there in Crumlin, in Temple Street and in Kappa for other children, other adolescents who have other orthopaedic needs besides scoliosis and spina
1: bifida. But with, with the high demand and with the need for repeat surgeries, the pressure on staff is quite intense.
0: Then, just over a year ago, the first alarm bell started to ring about the quality of the care being delivered to these children with spina bifida at Temple Street. What happened at that time in July 2022?
1: Yeah, in July 2020, it was a serious incident involving a child um, who uh, had undergone spinal surgery. We haven't been told more about it, but it was regarded as very serious. Um in September, there was another one.
0: How did, by the way, how did that emerge into the public domain?
1: Well, these, these incidents have to be reported. Uh, so they, it emerged internally at that stage. So there was an awareness at that stage that there was an issue. And then there was another issue in September with the second surgery. Um, and uh, as far as the public domain goes, it's, the details have only emerged this week. But uh, by September 2022, last autumn, a year ago, uh, staff... Um, who were working in the area, started expressing concerns. And, and they, who did they express concern to? So they would have expressed concerns within within the hospital and within Children's Health Ireland. So there was awareness of that. And Children's Health Ireland then uh, instituted an internal review. Um, and then it brought in experts from Boston Children's Hospital to to, to look at the situation. And they worked through the winter and produce findings which they provided to Children's Health Ireland and that is the information that we've received this Monday from, in the form of the report published by CHI. So
0: what did the report say?
1: So the report focus said its primary focus was on the work of one consultant. Um, it found a very high level of complications in the work of that consultant. They relate to unplanned repeat surgery, wounds, infection, and uh, the need to remove devices that had been placed in, this, in in the uh, in some patients. For this report, um, they did look at the international literature, and it has it has to be said that at this higher end of complex surgery, um it's not unknown for children to die. Um, it's not unknown for repeat surgeries, unplanned surgeries to be needed. The rate of repeated unplanned surgery was, could be up over 40%. But in this case, when they analysed the work in Temple Street, they found that over 80% of patients required repeat surgery. And On the basis of that, they've decided to go have a further review um, by a Liverpool expert, external review. There is another element of this which has only emerged in the last while, which is that a number of patients, it could be two or perhaps three, um, in, 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 in their cases, it appears that the surgeon used a form of device, a form of spring, which was non-surgical, which was not clinically approved, uh, and which failed and had to be removed. And uh, obviously, that is uh, quite shocking.
0: I think to a layperson, that is nearly the most shocking aspect of this.
1: Absolutely. And it raises very
0: many other questions,
1: doesn't it? Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. There's another issue here as well is that CHI didn't know about this until... The People for Profit TD, Paul Murphy, started ask, asking questions. He was receiving information from a whistleblower. Um, over this summer, he asked questions, and initially his questions were met with um, CHI saying that they're not aware, to the best of their knowledge, there was no, no such issue. They have now confirmed that there is an issue. Um, CHI told me last night that um, the the devices were compression springs and that they were... Um, procured or acquired by an unusual method, which basically is off the internet. And it appears that in at least two cases, those devices have failed and had to be removed.
0: Paul, there are big questions emerging about the timeline here, because, you know, we know that although concerns emerged about these surgeries as early as July 2022, well over a year ago, the consultant in question continued to carry out surgery in Temple Street on children for many more months. Now, how or why was that permitted to happen?
1: Yeah, the consultant's work was restricted progressively. Um, as I mentioned before, the first serious incident was in July 2022. There was another one in September. And in that month, staff started raising concerns um, from what I'm told, um, the consultant ceased doing kyphectomies, which is the most complex spinal surgery in mid-August, but that was before the second complex um, incident. I'm told that they ceased doing um, complex other complex surgeries in November. As they ceased uh, doing spinal surgeries, all spinal surgeries, only in May. And ceased all surgeries in July. And that's across other sites as well, because the person was working not just in Temple Street, but in in, in other places.
0: Okay. Um, For your reporting on nearly all medical matters to do with children, you do tend to talk to the parents. What have parents been saying about
1: this? What I found strange when I wrote about this in, in June, earlier in the summer, was when I talked to one patient group, they were very supportive of the consultant. And their interpretation was that the problems in the unit were systemic and resource-related. Um, I think there's clearly been a change in the initial commentary we've seen. Um, and there are several patient groups. Um, and I think possibly that is uh, has been sparked by the revelation about uh, non-clinical implants being used in 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 some patients. Um, I think that's a game changer. Uh, and they're clear, quite clearly shocked and they would like, and I think it's a reasonable request, full disclosure of the reports, including the US report that was uh, drawn up for this investigation, which we haven't had.
0: And why haven't we? Are we going to get disclosure of that report?
1: Well, I asked that yesterday and the HSC said that it, the, the findings by the US experts were folded in, basically, and consolidated with the overall uh, internal review Um, investigation and a composite or consolidated report was, was produced. It wasn't made clear why that was the case.
0: And is there a timeline? We know that the UK surgeon, a very experienced surgeon in this area, has been called in to review the whole situation. Is there a timeline on that?
1: Well, we're told that this will be completed um, as soon as possible and no later than the end of this year, which oh, is okay. only several months.
0: Which seems quick in Irish terms. Which seems Irish quick terms. and optimistic, I, mm. I would
1: say, based on my previous experience of the investigations in other parts of the health service. Um, the question then arises, what to do with, with the patients? As you mentioned earlier, these are child patients. They're growing. Their, their deformities um, can get worse very quickly if they're not treated. So there are some clinics being held from, from this weekend. Um, it seems um, the policy now will be, first of all, that uh, they will not be under the care of a single consultant. It will be a multidisciplinary team, which is a good idea. And I'm slightly surprised
0: that that is not the case yeah, anyway, it no? It might
1: be to do with the, the small size of Temple Street operation mm. and the fact that everybody thought there would be a new National Children's Hospital in existence by now, but as we know, it's been delayed and still has several years to go. Um, and I think it's likely, too, that um, some of the worst affected uh, children may be sent abroad for treatment.
0: Let's look beyond spina bifida for a minute. Last year, you reported that more than 110,000 children were on waiting lists for therapy. And, and, and these children are in need of everything from uh, physiotherapy, speech therapy, podiatry, audiology. Look, the whole lot, the whole list. Is our paediatric health system simply overwhelmed?
1: At times, I think it is. If you're asking me, is it more overwhelmed than the adult system? I I probably don't think so. I was looking at the figures for um, emergency departments yesterday as well. It got overshadowed by this, but there were some interesting trends about what's happening at the sharp end of the health service in emergency departments. And very interestingly, over the summer, um, the number of children attending emergency departments declined and the number of being admitted declined. Do we know why? Well, as you would expect. Summer? No bugs, summer, et cetera. But what happened with the adults? They reached record levels. In August, which is frightening, really, and, and uh, because it isn't the winter flu the system. Exactly. It isn't, it's, so they've they've already said uh, within the health service, listen, we don't have that seasonality anymore. But to have the numbers peaking in July and August is uh, astonishing, really. So children's, uh, my point anyway, in answer to your question, is that children's health follows it. It follows a different beat to adults, but I, I think um, the same problem with waiting lists exists as with the adult system. It's no better nor worse, but sometimes children's hospitals, particularly around Christmas, um, are under intense pressure when waves of flu and respiratory or the respiratory viruses come through and a lot of work gets cancelled then. And it doesn't always overlap with the pressures on the on the adult system, but it's probably equal in intensity.
0: Where is this story going to go for the rest of the week? Do you think?
1: Um, I think um, there's going to be a lot of uh, scrutiny of services um, for children more more widely. I know one patient group, for example, is calling for an investigation not just of Temple Street but also of Crumlin.
0: For any particular reason, or
1: just well, as we know, scoliosis patients have been in the in the headlines for the best part of a decade, so. If we're not achieving the promised targets, then why are we not achieving the promised targets? And this might be as good a time to find that out and to ensure that the same kind of problems that that appear to be emerging in Temple Street are not found elsewhere.
0: That's it for today. For more Irish Times journalism, including Paul Cullen's reports on this unfolding story, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.